The book was better. There's already so much background noise from my dog. So <laughs> if you hear jingle jangles, that's why. It's not Christmas. It's not Santa Claus. <laughs> no. It's just a dog. <laughs> okay. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Book Was Better podcast. And happy Star Wars Day. May the 4th be with you. I am Kaylee Clark. I'm Taylor Collette. And this and, is a um, special episode. It should come as no surprise to any regular listeners um, that we're pretty big nerds. <laughs> but um, I have loved Star Wars since I was like a young child. Like from the time I was like five or younger, I have loved Star Wars. You were more of a been, Star Wars kid than I was. I was Lord of the Rings. You were Lord you of the Rings. I mean, don't get me wrong. I had my elf phase too. Well, yeah. But like, who doesn't? <laughs> what, kid, what kid didn't have their elf phase? <laughs> but, um, and like, I still love Star I Wars. Played, I played. I, for more than one Halloween, I was a Star Wars character. Just this last Halloween with my family now, we were a bunch of Star Wars characters. I would play Star Wars with my friends at recess. I got so many kids into it and it became such a big thing that the school banned playing Star Wars at recess. Do you remember that? No, I don't remember. I was that. in the grade above you, but they banned what grade it was from that? like uh, third or fourth grade. Third or fourth grade, we would have been in Boston. So you would have been in. Yeah, no, yeah, we were in Walpole. Uh huh. Okay. That, Fisher Elementary School. Yes. Fisher Elementary School. Shout out Fisher. Me and my friends. See, I was too busy. Got Star Wars band. I was too busy playing. While you and Lord your friends played Lord of the Rings. <laughs> with, <my> friends. <laughs> with Kevin and Evan. Those were my two best friends. I remember that. Kevin and Evan. And we would play Lord of the Rings. It was great. Yep. I would be Aragorn because. Why not? Because he was the best. Because he is the best. See, and I was um, Queen Amidala, mm, always. Yes, and that's Padme. who you dressed up as for one of the Halloweens. That's what I did dress up as for one of the Halloweens. You are correct. I remember your makeup. Um, I was also Princess Leia one year, I believe. Mm. I was Princess um, Leia two years ago, I think. Yeah, in yeah, and last Princess year Han Solo was that? No, that might have been last. No, no, no two years two ago. Two years ago. Yeah, because y'all were boring last this past year, and I don't think you really did anything. No, because we live in Hawaii now and can't afford to do anything. <laughs> and we're secluded. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we have no friends here. I just remember playing Star Wars every recess for a very long time until we got it banned. My friends and I also got football banned. Jeez. Couldn't play football what at a recess rebel. because of me and my friends. Listen, I played with a bunch of boys most of the time. So did I. Had I. My, girl, my girl gang. Doesn't matter. But like, I, I liked to play with the rough. We liked to play a little rough, okay? Thinking back now, I think it's hilarious because I think about it. And it was like, how old were we? Like eight? We thought we were so cool. We were eight years old. <laughs> we were not that cool. You were cool for the eight-year-olds, though. I guess so. It was just funny because while the other girls would be doing like gymnastics, 
Which I was secretly jealous of because I could never do any gymnastics. No, no. <laughs> but it's like a bunch of girls would be doing like cartwheels and stuff in the field. I wasn't the only girl who played Star Wars. Don't get me wrong. Like other girls would come play Star Wars with us. But there was a large group of girls who at recess would be doing like cartwheel and handstand competitions. And I sucked at those. And I was always secretly like jealous that like I wasn't good enough to like do that with them. Um, but yeah, that was a nice little elementary school recess tangent. <laughs> yep. And you hear the jingle jangle of your dog's toy. Yep. Well, no, that's his collar, actually. Oh, is it? Yeah. We I got... just noticed that you threw his toy. And his toy jingled. is quiet. Maybe that was him chasing it's it. It's him chasing oh. the toy that is making the jingle jangle. Because <laughs> he's, <loud. laughs> he's full of energy. Because we're recording this earlier in the day. So he's than usual. more energetic than he normally is when we record. Well, I am... Um, not I. We, in lieu of Star Wars Day, um, thought we would do something kind of fun. And it's different. Definitely different. Because we're, we're talking about Rogue One. Which was published as a book. Like, the same year that yeah. the movie came out. Like, so they came out at the same time. So it's like, technically, the book didn't come out after the movie. So Yeah, the book not, came first. So it, it's one of those, but it's one of those weird things where we, technically it's a gray area when we normally just cover um, movies based on books. And this is very clearly not a movie based on a book. Just a movie and book. It's a movie. Created it's a movie and a simultaneously. book that were at the same time. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's Star Wars, and it's an episode. Our episode comes out on May fourth. Like we just, it was too fun. We of an had to. to pass up. We had, so we had to. to. But we probably won't do any more like this because we learned. Um, we 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 learned. Well, you'll see. Yeah. Um, we may break the rules again in the future, but not quite like this. But yeah. Um. So I'll still do my spiel, right? They'll line up a lot better this time. <laughs> so Rogue One, the book, was written by Alexander Freed. Okay. He's the one who wrote the book. Again, published in 2016. The movie came out in 2016. Okay. <laughs> Same year. Um, the movie Rogue One was directed by Gareth Edwards. Screenplay was by and so this is this is why I think it was possible for the book and movie to be like created separately but simultaneously. So there's screenplay credits and then story credits. Okay. So the story was John Knoll and Gary Whitta. The screenplay was Chris White's and Tony Gilroy. Gotcha. So I think, right, like John Knoll and Gary Whitta kind of created the general plot, who the characters were, and the general storyline. Gave that information to both to of them. the screenplay <laughs> writers and then to Alexander Freed. And Alexander turned it into a novel and Chris and Tony turned it into a movie. Chris right? and like, that's Tony. That's what I think happened. I'm sorry. Chris and Tony. Chris and Tony. I, Chris and Tony. 
The most am walking in mobster okay, my combination bad, of names. My bad New York accent. Yeah, that was pretty rough. Anyway, so poor Tony. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so we've got screenplay writers and we've got story like creators. Okay. Um, then music, we have Michael Giacchino um, for like original music. But then obviously it's Star Wars. So there's also still music by John Williams because it's of course. Star Wars. <laughs> Um, and then casting was done by Gina J and we've done movies that were casted by her before. Really? Yeah. That name. Yeah. She also did Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice. Pride, Pride and Prejudice. She's good at her job. She's very talented She's casting good at her director. Job. She did, uh, the 2005 Pride and Prejudice. I was going to say, I was like, that name's familiar. I swear. I promise you, if I just flip back in my notes, a little bit, I'll find it. And boom, there it was. Pride and Prejudice. Dang. We yeah. knew we loved Gina. Yeah. <laughs> Good on you, Gina. Good on you, Gina. Um, so for those of you who haven't seen Rogue One in a while, haven't read the book, it wouldn't surprise me if most people haven't read the book. Yeah. yeah. Um, we'll do a little story synopsis. So Rogue One follows the story of... The Rebel Alliance in between. Oh, no, I'm going to get the books, the, the, the movies wrong. Um, I'm pretty sure it's in between like the prequels and the. Um, the like original three. So it would be like storyline wise. It would be in between. Number three and number four, I believe. And it's basically the story of how the Rebel Alliance gets the like blueprints and like the plans for um, the Death Star so that they know how to destroy it. Um, it follows this. The main character is um, is a Jin. <laughs> Jin Erso, um, whose father was kind of like forced to build the Death Star. But like to spite the Empire while building it, he basically built like a self-destruct button in the middle. And then he tells the rebels about it. And then it's basically one giant suicide mission. <laughs> like all of the main characters die. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Um, but it's like not in a bad way. Like it's still like a satisfying, like satisfactory ending. Like it's satisfying and like it makes sense in the rest of the story because obviously these characters don't show up again. And it makes sense that they wouldn't because they give their life for the rebellion, basically. So, yeah. Um, book and movie are very, very similar in that regard. Don't really stray much. So that's what happens when they probably talked to each other during, yeah, during the creation of they each. Did it. So that's what I'm saying. Where this is new, this is something different. I haven't ever talked about a movie or a book that was made into a movie simultaneously while the book was being written. So it's a little different, a little new. We're going to talk about it anyway and have fun. So. Um, you went first last time, so I'll go first this time. However, um, 
just so everyone's aware, the only things that we really have different to talk about are our number threes. Our number twos and number ones kind of overlap entirely. So there's yeah. not a ton to talk about, about like grievances, because they follow each other yeah. step by step. They did too good of a job. almost in a way becomes a grievance, as Taylor will talk about. Yeah. But I'm going to talk about the fact that because I read the movie, I mean, obviously I've seen the movie before, but it's been a few years since I've seen the movie. Um, it always surprises me how long it's been since these came out. Because like in yes. my head, I was like, oh, this movie hasn't been out that long. And then I'm like, oh, 2016. It has been but out. But then like, also part of me is like 2016. That was just last year. What are you talking about? Yeah, I was like 2016 was only a couple years ago. No, it was six years ago. <laughs> so obviously I've seen the movie before, but it's been a while. And I read the book, or at least I started reading the book before I rewatched the movie. And it gave me a little bit of a different sense just in the fact that after doing that, some of the scenes in the movie definitely felt a little rushed. Mm. Um, examples. I, I mean, even like the opening, like that whole they're here. You have to go. They're out. Jin's mom, you know, Lyra or Lyra or whatever, changes her mind. It seems like she's changes. Her, like, it just seems like it all happens so quickly <laughs> that you can't even really process what's happening. Mm -hmm. um, or make sense of it kind of thing compared to how it was written in the book where the book put a little bit more thought into it and a little bit more build up, obviously, because it was a book. <laughs> Other examples are um, like when she Jin's first interrogated by like the rebels when she gets I mean, she's in prison and she gets rescued by the rebels. But at the same time, like the rebels then take her hostage instead because they know who she is and they want to use her. Right. Because of her, 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 her father is and whatnot. So it's not like a true rescue, but like that scene, too, like just felt very rushed in the movie compared to a little bit more like calculated in the book. Mm -hmm. Um. So that was one of like the biggest that was that was a big thing for me coming from the book to the movie is obviously still a really great movie. It was written to be a movie first, I do think. I would imagine. But it just goes to show that different mediums do give you those different experiences mm -hmm. and vibes, I guess you could say. Yeah. So that's my number three. Fair enough. Um. Yeah, the only thing I would say as I was going into this, because it is such a different version compared to what we normally do, um, I was just expecting more differences. I mean, I don't know how else to say yeah. it. Like, I thought, oh, cool, they'll have the same basic storyline. But if you already know what the movie's going to have and you're also releasing a novel at the same time, like, take advantage of the novelization to expand on the story and to give more depth and more background and more everything to the characters and to the story that you just couldn't fit in the movie. Like, I thought it would be mm -hmm. um, kind of like an extended edition 
of the movie in a way like how you have yeah, like the no, extended I, I, editions I kind of had that thought process of too. Lord of the Rings where it's like yeah there there's scenes in there that they had to cut but like they still add to the story there's still cool scenes I'm really glad that the extended editions are there because that's the only ones I watch now and so I thought that this novelization would kind of be similar where it would be an extended edition of the movie where there's scenes that had to get cut or thoughts that they had to take out or background, like flashbacks that they had to get rid of. And we would get to see those in the book and be like, oh, yeah, I wish they could have done that. I get that they can't, but it would have been cool to have that. Kind of like what we talk about every other week, where obviously movies are only so long, you can only fit so much in. But doesn't mean that you like don't want more in the book no yeah i thought it was it's like why release it if it is going to be the exact same <laughs> like yeah it just take the opportunity to do something to add. more with it yeah like add a lot add backstories add like cool scenes i don't know does that, like I would have taken anything. I know there's a little bit, um, and we'll talk a little bit about it um, mm-hmm. later. But number one, there just weren't is any addition. But there weren't any like big differences that I was like, "Whoa, this is like really cool to like see all this." And I mm-hmm. wish that there had been. Mm-hmm. So this is, if anything, a grievance against the book, which is yeah, <laughs> rare. I think I've only had one of those. Yeah, well, whereas, so my, yeah, I, uh, well, our number two is not a grievance like at all, because um, what we want to talk about for our number two is just the phenomenal cast. Yeah, yeah, they again, Gina's good at her job. <laughs> yeah, she really is. Well, and it's just incredible to me. Like it's Alan Tudyk as K, and he. Is the voice for so many beloved creatures and characters and things. But he he voices my favorite character. Like the dry, sarcastic humor of the reintegrated, I think is how they describe it, Imperial Droid K2SO, who they just call K, is hilarious. It's my favorite part of the whole story. He's my favorite character, okay? And it it was just kind of like realizing that Alan does his voice. It was just like, well, of course he does, because he does every like iconic, like creature and things like voice. Like he does so much of that. So he's like iconic, obviously. But then otherwise, it's just such like a diverse cast, too, where. I mean, that's something that I feel like a lot of these new a lot of these newer movies, they like the newer Star Wars movies do much, definitely do a much better job at that. Because when you look at the original movies, it's just a bunch of white people. <laughs> it's just a bunch of white people. <laughs> like, And then they realized that it was just a bunch of white people. And then they were all like, oh, well, let's make Han Solo's old best friend black. There you go. That'll fix it. <laughs> So these newer movies have a much more diverse cast, which I think is really great because um, you get to see some really awesome acting from 
these actors that I otherwise, you know, might not have seen much of. But like, I was really impressed with um, Diego Luna, who plays Cassian. And it was like, what else has he done? And he's in a bunch of like, obviously, like Spanish speaking films, as well as some he does the voice for some animated films and stuff too but it's like i was so impressed with his performance that it made me look up like mm-hmm. what else has he been in like i want to now watch more things with him because i liked how he like performed in this and then i mean you they also the amazing mads mickelson i was gonna say they also have so. some <laughs> really big names in this one you got that mads mickelson and Felicity Jones, Hannibal. of course. Well, and they got James Earl Jones to come back to do Darth Vader's yeah. voice. Okay. <laughs> like, Though I feel like James Earl Jones is always down to be Vader. He's like, I remember. He should be. He is Vader. I remember seeing, I went to one of his panels at Comic-Con and he was like so down to do all the voices and everything. And he was pretty cool. He's so good. He's also Mufasa. He does mm-hmm. a lot of very strong father figure voices. He's <laughs> got that vibrato and the he's good. Just that deep intonation that you feel in your soul. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, just really good cast. Some very recognizable. Yeah, for sure. But then but also a lot also of new people I'm like, yeah, a lot of new people that were amazing. Like they were really talented and again, makes you want to go see what else they're in or at least it did for me Mm -hmm. so and i think also like especially with a franchise like star wars which already like made so many actors like look at you know all the actors that got big from yeah from the original Star Wars, I think that it's nice mm-hmm. to carry that on. And yes, they got a few well-known actors, but to carry on this idea of like, this is, you know, a bunch of An opportunity. Yeah. A bunch of people you probably haven't heard of. And here they are part of the Star Wars universe now. Yeah. And it was a cool little addition to the story, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of like tying up loose ends and. Explaining how things happened. Prior yeah, to I mean, if you a new hope, I think it happens before yes, a new hope. It does. It does because okay. a new hope like... opens with them getting the plans to the Death Star. So I mean, it yeah, flows and, and, like and it's, and it's yeah right and into it's because the Rogue One ends with that weird CGI face over of somebody being Carrie Fisher, Leia, Princess Leia, you know. You know, because she's the one who has it. She's on the escape pod and Darth Vader catches up and then she sends the distress signal through R2-D2. Yep. Yeah. So it is between a new hope. Yeah, I was yep. right. Okay. You were right. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> Max, you're fine. Quiet. What's interesting, though, is if you look at the books, there's even more. The Star <coughs> Wars book series is incredible. Yeah, it's and so it talks about how what follows the book is called Star Wars from the Adventures of Luke Skywalker. Mm-hmm. That's the next book before 
the actual book at it because there's also book adaptations of all of the Star Wars movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They made an entire but before series. You get to, yeah, but before you get to um, A New Hope, The Empire Strikes Back, all those things, you first get from the adventures of Luke Skywalker. Which essentially gives you Luke story pre A New Hope. Because again, in A New Hope, Luke is... I don't remember how old. He's a baby. He's like, I swear 17? he's like 17. I, feel, I was also <laughs> thinking 17. Um, but I mean, there's 17, 17 years of his life that, you know, you haven't seen. So I understand, like, that's kind of what I was thinking. Like I mean, this it idea still tells the story of Star Wars, but those I feel like those novelizations do give you more background. Yeah, it's like that's going to give you more about Luke that you don't get to see in the movies. And so mm-hmm. I was hoping this book would again be like more than what you saw in the movie. And it is a little bit, but it's not as much as I wanted. Going back to my number three point. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, just in general, I think cast was really good. The story itself is really interesting and intriguing. Like I have like, again, nothing but fond memories when it comes to Star Wars. Mm -hmm. Like seeing Star Wars, like the Star Wars world, Galaxy's Mm -hmm. Edge, when we went to Disney World, that entire experience was just so cool for me. (laughs) Like... So immersive. It's amazing. Like if you're a nerd. See, my like your first time going to Galaxy's Edge, like you'll feel that my it's husband like going to Harry Potter world for the first time. And you're just like, oh, yeah, I'm in it. It's real. Like my husband's way into Star Wars. Like he's watched the whole Clone Wars series like multiple times. He mm-hmm. knows the whole storyline, all the backstory, all the everything. So if I ever has question the Bad Batch, yet yes, on he Disney has. Plus, he okay, has. <laughs> he's seen them all. He's seen them all. Um, Boba Fett, Mando, all of it. So if I ever have a Star Wars question, I just ask him, and he oh, will be able to answer me. Baby Yoda is such a the good best. series too. Grogu. Um, it's all just really good and I just love it. And so like this movie obviously just plays more into that story and it's got the nostalgia of the music and like the same kind of highs and lows and follows like that similar like, oh, are they going to do it? And it's like, yeah, but at a cost and it's a really big cost. But like they got it out and it's going to make a big difference because we know how it ends. You know, <laughs> yes, like, we've seen the rest. <laughs> Um, so just definitely left me other than our number one point, which definitely is a plus, a big plus to the book. I do feel like the book almost doesn't do enough to make it worth being a separate thing from Mm -hmm. the movie. Like I understand in the context of there's books of all the movies. It's like, yeah, you got to write a book about it. But it's like, just because mm-hmm. you have to write the book about it doesn't mean you can't, like, do more Expound. with it. Yeah. Not to Give me dis- some exposition. This is this is when I want some exposition. Yes. You don't need to go to Christopher Paolini lengths, but, like, give no. me more. <laughs> Not to discredit that's, the that's author. That's coming. He, Aragon's coming. <laughs> he did an amazing job. 
like oh no I and, and we'll talk about that yeah. in our next point but, but you know I wish that and who knows maybe it wasn't him you know maybe they gave him very strict like limitations on it I don't know but yeah, I, I, didn't, just, I didn't look into it very much I just wish that someone had let the reins go and let it run free and see where it took them yeah with that said though my number one and biggest takeaway was just that it was nice in the book, definitely. And I think this is what also added to my number three of some scenes feeling really rushed. But the book gives you really awesome insight into characters and their motivations. Mm -hmm. it, you because it's that you can get that inner monologue, you can get those inner thoughts of the different characters. And I like and this might just be the mom and me. Right. But and it's the fact that it's like right at the beginning of the movie. But the, it just weirds me out so much that in the movie it's so quick to. OK, we got to go. OK, leave. It's like it looks like they've barely run that far at all. And immediately um, Lila is like, OK, you know where to go. Right. OK, cool. The force will guide you or whatever. And then she just like pushes her daughter away and turns around. Whereas in the book, you get that inner processing of her thoughts and. How to a certain point, she was all about get Jen to safety, get Jen to safety, get Jen to safety. And at what point and like what happened that made her mind shift mm -hmm. where she was like, she already knew her decision and that she was going to turn around. And how. You know, she just had to talk to Jin like it was normal and she couldn't hug her for too long because otherwise Jin would feel it and know that something was different and like would feel her fear, you know. So she had to keep it quick and light as if it was a I'll see you soon kind of moment. Like it's yeah. just I feel like getting all of that insight in the book made it seem less callous because I felt like in the movie it just felt really callous to me where it's like. What mother is going to leave <laughs> her six-year-old child yeah. to fend for themselves? Yeah. Like, I love my husband, but in a life or death situation, it's protect the kids. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, if I were the one distracting, I would expect my husband to get my kids to safety and vice versa. You know, like, don't turn around for me. You keep them safe. Like, number one priority. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't you do anything differently. And so I think it's just the parent in me where I'm like, what was that? <laughs> like, What did I just watch? So the book was better in that sense, for sure. And made me feel like the mom was much more thoughtful and caring of her daughter. <laughs> I mean, she did still turn around. Yeah, but again, you got the inner thoughts and you got. Yeah. And it was a lengthier amount of time. Mm -hmm. There was more that went into it. Yeah. Not much more, <laughs> as we also talked about already. But they added enough that it, it felt better. <laughs> the other big one for me was when Cassian shoots, um, like, Andin or and Dick or whatever his name was. the His, like, informant. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, yo, you're supposed to be the good guy. And you just shot that dude like in the back. <laughs> like, 
and you kind of see a moment of hesitation from him in the movie, but then like, that's it. Whereas the book, you kind of, before he even shoots him, you get his whole inner monologue of how he has to like reason with himself and convince himself why it's the right decision. And that it's the right decision for the guy that he kills because he knows that he would have been captured and he would have been tortured and he would have been that like it, like it goes through all this reasoning and he like reasons with himself because it's like Cassian is supposed to be, yeah, he's a spy. So like, yeah, he's done questionable things, but like, it's really interesting to see that thought process in his head on how he reasons with himself to convince himself it's the right thing to do and that he's still doing good and it's for the rebellion, right? It's for the right cause that he's okay to do those questionable things. And that's especially nice because then you see that in the end when they go against the council to go with Jin to go get the plans. Mm -hmm. When he and a bunch of the other rebel spies and stuff join her against the rebel council's vote. And he kind of says like, we think we're on the right side, but we all know we've done questionable things. We all know we've done things probably the wrong way in the name of something good. Like, I want to do something right because it's the right thing to do kind of, you know, and it just mm -hmm. it comes full circle from like those first moments you see him to like those last like that last big decision he makes. And that's, I think, a lot more impactful in the book than it is in the movie yeah. as well. So. Um, a couple those were my big examples. Yes. <laughs> a couple other examples that I'll bring up. Um, the people of Jeddah. That's how you say it, I think. Yeah. Jeddah. Uh -huh. Like it. it the home of the Jedi in Jeddah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that it just. The Kaibar Temple. In the book, you get more of a connection with those people. You know, it talks about like the the little girl that Jin rescues and. Um, yeah. Like it. Which you kind of see still in the movie. Again, they are pretty much but the same. It's but it's not, you know, fleshed out as much. Um, uh huh. No, I get you. And so it just kind of makes it more, it, it hits home a little bit more, I think, when Jedha does get destroyed. And it also shows that when they do destroy it, not all of the Imperial forces are even out of the city. And, like, they're killing some of their own, even. And it just puts the Imperial forces in an even worse light than they already are as the bad guys. Because, mm -hmm. like, they're killing their own here. Like, they don't really care about their people. Um, yeah. and then the finale, I think, was really nice in the book because it kind of like gives each person their like moment, you know, at the end, like giving, you know, their thoughts and everything as it's all happening. And I, I think you just which they tried to do in the movie. But, but again, it's hard to portray those like inner feelings and like final thoughts and final emotions mm -hmm. without doing like a, a voiceover. Yeah. <laughs> you know, which like can come across as cheesy as we've, which can come across, before. which can ruin a moment in a movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you don't need no twilight voiceover. Bella Swan. No, just reading segments from the book. We don't need that. Yeah, we don't need that. <laughs> But it was nice to like, it felt more, especially because again, it's 
spoiler, they all die. And like you don't get to <laughs> spoiler alert, they literally all die. You you don't all of the main characters. <laughs> you don't get Not to a one survives. <laughs> you don't get to see more of these characters. You don't get to learn more. You don't get to like so it was nice to have those like final moments with them almost like to mm-hmm. you know have those last connections like and those, those last any thoughts. last words yes like, yes here are their last words like, yes <laughs> like there was last thoughts and connections before the end it just made it feel more complete for me I guess kind of like you said like where it comes full circle like it just felt like it it encapsulated the story better okay if that makes sense. Like, I, I felt like it, it put a nicer end cap on it. Mm-hmm. As this standalone Though, story of characters. As a fan of happy endings. Mm-hmm. And this, end, this ending wasn't necessarily unhappy. And also it was well, super dope with Darth Vader, like. Yeah. Coming into the hallway on the, sh- on the rebel ship. And it's all dark. And then it's suddenly just red lightsaber. <laughs> like. The cinematography and like just the way they did those shots at the end, yeah. all of the shots with Darth Vader were just done. Chef's kiss to such perfection. <laughs> um, that like I was, I wasn't unhappy, you know. No, no, Even no, no. Everybody dies. It's not like I was like super mad about it. But Even again, the first time you, I watched it, you know what's coming next. Like I wonder if these had come out in like chronological order. Like if we hadn't, if we didn't know. What would happen next? Like if New Hope hadn't yeah, if been we didn't know that they were going to destroy the Death Star or not. I'd yeah. be, I think, a little more like bummed out by the end. <laughs> um, like not knowing if their sacrifice was worth it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I think that the idea that this came out later actually gave them a little bit of liberty to have such a dramatic ending. Because then it's like, but you know what happens next. So like, it's fine kind of deal. Yeah, no, for sure. No, definitely. It's like I feel less stressed when I'm watching like a sporting event that I know who wins. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm like, it's still fun for me to watch it. It's still fun for me to watch like the really cool plays and stuff. But I don't get that like sickening anxiety mm-hmm. pit in my stomach. I know. I just already know how it ends. <laughs> yeah, I know a lot of people hate spoilers. I actually am like totally I'm, okay with them because then it like relieves that, me. Depending. Depends on the spoiler. Depending, but I'm not that mad about it. Yeah. It's like most of the time if it's something like, hey, this person dies, I'm like, good, now I have time to mentally prepare for that to Process happen. Process and prepare for it. <laughs> so when I went into this, I knew. I still think of Fred dying in, and I think you did even warn me, but I like didn't believe you. Because I was just like, yeah, right. Like she kills off Fred or something. And then when I read to that part and I like came in your room and I was so mad. Yeah. And I was in tears and I was like, are you freaking kidding me? Fred actually dies. Like, yeah. So sometimes knowing ahead of time doesn't necessarily fix the problem. But <laughs> I think with usually it with does. this one, especially like going into it, I knew everyone died. So I was like, OK, don't get too attached. They're all going to die. Yeah. Well, I mean, and you don't know, but like it's a pretty reasonable but guess. I think everyone kind of knew going in. Most of these characters are not going to make it out alive because that's yeah. like the whole point. 
they even like in a new hope they talk about the sacrifice that was made to get the death star plans like yeah you knew people died for it (laughs) yeah but if you hadn't seen a new hope very recently before this movie you might not remember those details (laughs) i guess yeah most star wars fans though i think yeah, no, was I wasn't. I, I anticipated it yeah. the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> Even the first time I saw it in theaters yep. with my husband, it was an I know what's going to happen here. So that's I mean, that's that, that's Rogue One. Yeah, basically. Yeah, that's it. And um, it's it's not it's not a usual thing, which we know. Right. So. Even though we asked for fan faux pas, I don't think we got any. But, no, like, I'm not surprised check. that we didn't get any. Because we had a hard enough time coming think, up with stuff. I don't think many people have read this book. Um, the only thing we've got is, so Allie L. did say that she really enjoyed the movie. And she especially likes how well it ends with going right into episode four. But yeah, it's not like there's really necessarily like actual fan faux pas compared to the book. Mm-hmm. So sums up our thoughts really well, I guess. Um, it, does, I will, it really does just like follow perfectly in. We we just have one comment I'll mention from um, Allie on Instagram. Yeah, I just read that. Were you paying any attention? <laughs> Did you really? Yes. We can cut this part. (laughs) I was looking. I thought you were just going on and stalling while I was looking. No, I had already found it. So I read it. (laughs) Lol. Oh, that's good. What a day. That's better. (laughs) We don't need people to know that I space out during the episode. (laughs) Oh, that's awkward. 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 Okay. Awkward. Well, um, our age old question. I don't even know if it applies, but was the book better? No, I wouldn't say better. It was good, but yeah, it's definitely not better. I wouldn't say better. It was well written for sure, but like it follows. It literally does follow the movie like almost scene for scene to the point where it's just very little added details are added in to the point where it's like i'll just watch the movie again i don't feel like i need to read this book ever again kind of thing yeah yeah i will never read this book again sorry so it wasn't bad though glad i gave it a shot yeah so otherwise um next week our mini-sode we're gonna do another round of um the poor plot game, poorly described plot game. So tune in next week for that. Otherwise, um, reading calendar is a thing. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but it is a thing. But now it is a thing now for yep. sure. Yeah. Um, but later than we said it would be. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, that's Oops. what we said last week. And here I am still being a slacker. <laughs> but then, as I said, Aragon is coming. And it, so next it week, is a beast. Poorly described movie plot game. Next week after that, two weeks from now, 
We're talking Aragon. And that's going to be an episode because I've got lots of thoughts. Yeah. A lot of thoughts. I I still think back to how excited I was when I first saw that movie and just how angry I was when I walked out. So. Yep. Yep. Very good reason it did not get more. (laughs) And I'm waiting for them to do it justice like Disney Plus is trying to do for Percy Jackson. Like, okay, where's the redo of the Inheritance series, but done right? Like, where is it? Like, we deserve it. So, I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll find news on that front. But, um, otherwise, any any other announcements or anything, okay, that you can think of? I don't think so. No. Alrighty then. Well, happy Star Wars Day. Go drink some blue milk. Um... <laughs> Otherwise, we hope you have a great week. And don't forget to read.